We are moms who are pouring ourselves into our children every hour of every day. We are grandmothers who are also playing the role of primary caretaker. We are moms who are waiting to have children and trying our best to see the struggle through the eyes of God. We are moms who are learning the challenges of a blended family. We are moms in the workplace who are trying our best to balance competing expectations and demands. We are moms with adult children who are leaving our homes to pursue their own dreams. For packing lunches late at night, for cleaning out their backpacks, then filling them again, for offering gentle guidance to your own grown children, for becoming taxi drivers and appointment schedulers, for making sure the right baby doll is in their arms before they go to sleep, for helping them pay back their student loans, for cleaning and sterilizing and cooking, for doing their laundry and his laundry and our laundry, for praying and loving and forgiving and falling down and rising to your feet again. For the mom who is overworked and exhausted, for the mom who seems to spend a million hours on a million little things, for the mom who pours Jesus into her family as best she can. And God himself not only celebrates what you do, but rejoices over the uniqueness of who you are. You are seen and you are loved without limits. Welcome to Mother's Day. Well, happy Mother's Day. And, you know, that video I was, I was looking through for something good, and I found that video, and it was really just, it stressed me out kind of just listening to all the different things and seeing the laundry and then the, this one and then packing the ba- lunches and the backpacks and, and all this stuff and just like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, many of the people that I talk to that are moms and single moms and young moms and moms with young kids and everything, it's just like you go so much. It's like this seems like the world is just too much. So we honor you today, and there's some things with that. But I thought with all of the stress that it was on there, I had some jokes I wanted to say. So I have a few that cracked me up. So I got to share them with you to keep it just kind of balanced a little bit. So the Sunday school teacher said, tell me, Johnny... Do you say prayers before you're, eat, before you're eating? And he goes, no, ma'am, I don't have to. My mom is a good cook. And that cracked me up. And it made me think of my mom, and my mom cooked all during my growing up years. And every Friday, she had this live yeast that she would make live bread out of. And it was like, oh, my gosh, it was the best thing. And she made it. It stayed in, in our refrigerator. And you'd look at it. It's this big blob. And it just stayed in. It had been like 120 years old. The yeast had been living through you know, all the different processes. And it was just amazing that she would make um, a big loaf out of it and slice it all up. And we'd slice a butter, butter on it and make toast. It was like so amazing on the grill. Anyway, so my mom's a good cook, too. So what are three words that solves dad's every problem? Ask your mother. So that one cracked me up too. Because like, yeah, just go ask your mother. She knows everything. Okay, so this one's probably my favorite of all of these that are pretty funny. For weeks, a six-year-old boy kept telling his first grade teacher about his baby, or br- baby brother or sister that was expected at his house. On the one day, the mother allowed the boy to feel the movements of the unborn child. The six-year-old was obviously impressed but made no comment. Furthermore, he stopped telling his teacher about the impending event. The teacher finally set the boy on her lap one day and said, Tommy, whatever has become of the baby brother or sister that you were expecting at home? 
Tommy burst into tears and confessed. I think my mommy ate him. <laughs> that cracks me up. I still need Brooks up there to play the drum. Anyway, but we do honor our mothers, and we have a rose to give to all the mothers. And right now there's only one mother in the room, so she will get one. And I've asked my brother, my mom and dad are watching live from South Texas. So I asked my brother if he would be prepared and do the same thing. So he also has a rose for my mom. And we're going to hand out a chocolate bar to all the girls in the room, including the mothers. So aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Jen wishes she'd have been in both services now, doesn't she? Oh, she's already taken one. That's hilarious. So happy Mother's Day, Mom, and thank you, Sean, for pulling that off. I'm saying that in faith completely, and Jen and Joy are saying happy Mother's Day, and Lenore too, I'm sure. Anyway, so my last one. Two children ordered their mother to stay in bed one Mother's Day morning. This would totally be my children. As she lay there looking forward to breakfast in bed, the smell of bacon floated up from the kitchen, but after a very long while... She finally went downstairs to investigate. She found both of them sitting at the table eating bacon and eggs. As a surprise for Mother's Day, one of them explained, we decided to cook our own breakfast. (laughs) Ah, That cracks me up. All right, so then I have a picture of a tag that that should be sewn in every young person's laundry. It gives all the washing instructions of how the heat and iron weather, or give it to your mother. She knows how to do it, and that would totally be me as well. Even when I was gone and at Bible college, I would come home and I would bring like baskets and garbage bags full of all my clothes because I hadn't washed them the whole semester. And my mom would stay up and that was our quality bonding time. I didn't wear it. It just went into the bag. And it just like, anyway. Don't say it's gross. So the origin of Mother's Day, I looked it up and it goes back to the ancient festival celebrated by the Greeks and the Romans. However, the roots of Mother's Day history can be traced to the United Kingdom, where Mothering Sunday was celebrated sometime before the day it was celebrated in the U.S. and Canada. Today, Mother's Day is celebrated worldwide through, though on many different dates, and millions of people across the globe take the day as an opportunity to honor their mothers. And certainly that's what we're doing today. But as I was contemplating it, and while that's great to have a history lesson, I really started thinking back. And, and, you know, God's whole plan was about mothers. So in the beginning, he created Adam and Eve, and he put them there. He said, go and multiply. But he made the plan for the baby to grow inside the mom. His plan from the very, very beginning was for her to carry that child and then to be nurturing and to constantly be there for that child. And and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and the, the Trinity, they all, it was their plan for there to be mothers. So even though we started celebrating it years ago, it it's really been since the beginning of history. In fact, when we see Jesus come onto the onto the earth and some, you know, 4,000 years after creation, as he's there, he's preparing at 30 years old to start his ministry. And we have this very funny story, I think. If you turn with me to John chapter 2, starting with verse 1, they go to a wedding in Cana. Verse 1, it says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus's mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine Supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother said to him, 
there's no more wine. Now, isn't that just like a mom? She's over here busy, and I think she's probably working part of the, the thing, and maybe it's friends of hers or whatever. And, and they, they run out of wine, and she turns and says, hey, I need you to run to the store. I need you to do something. Hey, I, you need to get involved and help fix this situation. And Jesus is just like many of us. In verse 4, he says, dear woman, that's not my problem. He goes, my time hasn't come. I mean, what do you want me to do about this? I mean, that's, I just came to visit the wedding. I'm not here to jump in there and start working. I mean, you want me to run to 7-Eleven? I mean, what do you want to do here? And then her response cracks me up so much. Verse 5, but she turns to service. She just doesn't even listen to him. She doesn't get involved with the dialogue. Well, I need you to help me out. I need you. She didn't do anything. She just turns to servant and says, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, that's so my wife. She won't listen to me when I'm like, well, no, we can't do this. And I'm putting up all these reasons. She's like, we just need to get this done. Or telling our kids, just go, just do it. Just get it done. And that's the same way with Jesus and his mom. So verse six, it says, standing nearby were six stone water pots used for this Jewish ceremonial washing. And each one could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill up the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now take it, dip some out and take it to the master's ceremonies. And if you know the story, he went on and they went up there and he goes, man, this is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. Why in the world? Most people do this at the beginning, give their best. And then as people have had it, consumed a lot of it, they won't know the difference and they put the cheap stuff in. He's like, but man, you say the best to last. And there's many very funny stories. I was going to try and get a, a couple of videos that, you know, the guy's hanging out with Jesus in his living room. He says, hey, Jesus, can you get me a bottle of water? And Jesus at the thing and throws it at him when he grabs it it's wine i mean it's pretty funny as a little meme but um it's a great story but the the thing is jesus wasn't even ready to launch out into ministry yet and his mom's pushing him out there and nowhere does it say now this is the first miracle ever recorded that jesus did and nowhere does it say that god told jesus hey this is what i want you to do hey i sent you this wedding because i want you to it was just she made a demand on him like many moms make demands on us and pull even greater things out of us. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, it says, The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. And as I was really thinking about all this, I, I really was wanting to emphasize that, you know, again, it came from Adam and Eve, and, and God's plan is that there is a man who finds a wife, and he finds a treasure, and then he, it's his favor from God that comes upon them. And then that's what leads into having children. And that's what makes her a mother. And my daughter Jennifer was just a little bit ago saying, well, you know, this is Mother's Day. So I should get this and this just because I made her a mother. I said, no, Alex the one who made her a mother. And she did not like that answer at all. But it was God's plan for us all to find favor by having a great wife. Proverbs 31 is the great chapter where Solomon is talking about the greatness of a, his wonderful wife. Verse 10, he says, Who can find a virtuous, virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Here again, we see the greatness of a husband and a wife coming together and how she is, he finds favor from God and she greatly enriches his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. And it jumps down to verse 25. She's clothed with strength and dignity 
And she laughs without fear of the future. And as I was reading that, I'm thinking, man, she is so secure in who she is that she is not burdened down by the stress of all that she's got going on. And, and all the verses that I skipped talk about all the different things she's got going on. I mean, she's like running a factory and all this stuff. But even in all that, she's not letting that get her down. She laughs. She enjoys life without any fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Verse 27, and this is really describes my mom as well. She carefully watches everything in the household and suffers nothing from laziness. And, and as, I, as, as, I was watch, as I was reading through this, it just keeps her eyes on everything. See, I mean, like, does she sleep with her eyes open? I mean, how does this work? I mean, you see everything's going on. Just when you think you're going to get one by on her, man, she saw it. I mean, even growing up, she would leave a light on, my mom, in the, my room. And if I came in, she went to bed before me. She would look to see if the light was on, and she knew if the light was off that I was home. And I told her recently when I was there a few weeks ago, I said, man, why did I not come up with some way for that light to automatically shut off at a certain time? She goes, well, you would have been in big trouble then, for sure. But, you know, I didn't, and I wasn't able to do that. I might think about it today. But anyway, you know, she still does that when I come to visit her. She'll leave the light on. She'll know that I'm there, and it's all good if I've already turned the light out. But she keeps an eye on everything. And the last part of that, she says, suffers nothing from laziness. And as I was reading that, I, I think it's not talking about her as much as she's not allowing anybody to be lazy in her household. She's telling that kid, hey, get your homework done. No, you can't watch TV. You got, shut that, put your iPad away. Let's come over here. You got to do your work and, and pick up your room and do all these things. She's not allowing laziness to happen in her house. She's got everything under control. She's watching everything. Verse 28, then her children stand. And, and as I was reading that, I really got the, the picture that the kids aren't just lazy, just around doing nothing, but they're able to stand on their own two feet. That they're able to actually be productive members of society. And as a result of her being and seeing everything, and as a result of her not allowing them to be lazy, they're able to stand up and then they bless her. And her husband praises her as well, saying, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty does not last, but the woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. But isn't that like our society today? That charm, oh, aren't you charming? Oh, that's so beautiful. And you don't realize how fake it is and it's the fake smile and it's deception. And you can't look at that and say, wow, you're, you're a beautiful girl. You're a beautiful woman. And, and you know, you're so charming. And you say all the words that I want to hear. And, and oh, you're so beautiful. Now that stuff lasts and it's deceptive. But what truly makes a difference is a woman who fears. And that word literally means worships the Lord and is greatly praised. Verse 31, that's where we're at this morning. It says, reward her. Give her chocolates and roses for all she has done. And let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So even this morning, I'm publicly declaring the praise of my mom who raised me and raised my brother. And some might say raised my dad. And my wife who raised me and Alec and Andrew and Joy and Jen. And I'm rewarding you guys. I'm giving you a flower and some chocolate. But I'm telling you what a wonderful 
job each one of them have done. That's a great thing. That's why I want you to find your mom today and the, take a picture of her with the rose and post it on, on social media and just celebrate her and tell everybody what a wonderful job she did with you. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord and they are a reward from Him. See, it starts off with Adam and Eve and then children are the reward. He found favor with the wife and then children are the reward. And many of the people that I talk to, maybe they're young moms or single moms or moms with, sing- with young children, they're stressed out so much that they're like, ah, just want to pull their hair out. And, but you got to remind them, hey, the kids are a reward from the Lord. And then when they get older, then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the decisions you're making and you're really stressing me out here. And this is really causing me to hyper ventilate some and we got to remember that they're a gift from the lord and a reward from him psalms one or proverbs one sorry verse eight in the passion translation says this pay close attention my child to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instructions man isn't that great and i know i'm gonna never live this one down with my mom watching this never forget your mother's instructions I mean, God's like, hey, if you can just remember everything your mama told you to do, you're going to have a really good life. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts, and giving you reins to guide your decisions. Now, a word of encouragement for the moms. Proverbs 22 says, direct your children on the right path, and when they, were, when they are older, they will not lead it. Leave it. Now, this is one of those scriptures that cuts both ways and kind of makes you go, oh, a little bit. But it says, direct your children. So keep your eyes open to everything they're doing. And and don't stop by looking and and being involved in everything. And even my wife yesterday called me up and says, hey, is this this, this supposed to happen? No. Okay, well, I said, well, go talk to her about it. She's like, okay, I'm going to go. And she's still involved in all the children's lives. And we got to keep working to keep them on the right path. And when they are older, and this is the part that I don't necessarily like as much, there's a comma in between there. And sometimes some of our children live in that comma. That when they're older, they will not leave it. Sometimes we'll find, and I'll talk to people all the time, they're like, man, I raised my kids better than this, and yet they're doing this and this and this, and will you pray for me and pray for them? And, and I constantly bring them back to this and say, I don't understand why it can't just be that they're robots, and I, you know, we tell them to do all these things, and they just do it. And you never have these times where they're like, what are you thinking? Why are you doing this? But our promise is when they're older, they will not leave the path. The path of God that you've told them to get on and you've helped them and given them instruction, given them the wise um, examples even. Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't get tired of doing what is good. And just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So moms, this morning I'm trying to tell you don't give up. Don't give up on watching everything your kids are doing. Don't give up on being involved to make sure the homework's done and being involved to make sure all those, all those things on the video that stressed me out in the very beginning. Don't give up. In the Passion Translation, it says, don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. 
So those two scriptures go together in my, in, in my mind. That God says, hey, listen, you keep putting them on the right path. And you keep giving them that example. And when they are older, it's going to come back. And hey, don't get tired in the middle of that. Don't let that thing just bring you down and go, oh my gosh, it doesn't look like it's working. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, in the, also in the Passion Translation, every wise woman encourages and builds up her family. But a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. So we're seeing the dichotomy of the two different ones where one's encouraging and one's tearing it down. A wise woman and a foolish woman. But I want you to see some things that I highlighted. That the wise woman encourages. She's constantly being the favor of God. And she's being the wonderful mom that sees everything. And is just constantly there and encouraging and lifting them up and building up her family. And this is the foolish woman. Over time will tear down by her own actions. But the same factor is here. Over time, her encouragement is building up her family. Over time, there's a time in both situations. Which way is it going to be? I'm encouraging you. Don't get tired of being encouraging and building up your family. The last thing that Jesus had when he's on the cross, we looked at it just a few weeks ago at Easter and Good Friday. We went through the last seven phrases, the last seven words of Jesus. Number three, he's up there on the cross and he looks down as, as he's bearing the whole weight of the sin of the entire world. I mean, can you imagine? I think I'm stressed out sometimes with everything I've got going on and somebody calls me. And, and here he is, he's up on the cross, he's about to die. And the third thing he said right before he died was he saw his mom sitting down there, and he says, Hey, John, I want you to take care of my mom. Mom, John's going to take a place now in taking care of you. So even Jesus, who, whose mom pushed him in the beginning, caused the first miracle to happen, just kind of got that ball rolling. The last words of Jesus, he's still concerned about his mom. Next week, we're going to start a series about the wilderness and I just want to tell you this in advance so you kind of have some, some processing time and some thought. And, and I really just felt like there's, there's people that are going through a wilderness experience. It seems like everything around you is drying up. It seems like you have no hope to go on or that there's no reason to go on. And God says, hey, I've got something to say about that. In fact, there's four weeks of stuff that God really just laid out for me as I was preparing for that. So maybe that's you. Maybe you know somebody that that is them. And you have say, hey, you, you really need, this is where you're at. You really, there's a word coming for you. And this is what you need to do. But can I take you back to what I started off with? Chapter 1, or, or chapter 2, verse 5. Mary told the servants, do whatever he, Jesus, tells you. You know, there's, there's entire religions that are, are built around putting Mary on the same plane as Jesus, that she is deity, and she certainly had a great role that she played in, in being the mother of Jesus, and, and you know, the whole process that happened. But even here, where they would look at, and, and even look for Mary to give them an and they'll look, they'll see an aberration of her and they'll go and, and it is just crazy with all of the, the traffic that'll happen there and the number of people that'll drop everything to go see those kinds of things. But even here, look at what Mary's saying. Do whatever he tells you. 
Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let me ask you this morning, where do you find yourself? You know, many testimonies begin with a praying mama. My mama just kept praying for me. I'd wake up and she'd be by my bedside just praying over me. And where I was living in that comma, and I'm over, off over here, my mama's still over there praying for me. Can I tell you the greatest gift you could give your mom this morning is to get your life right with God. To surrender to His will for your life. So where are you this morning? Where do you find yourself? Today may be the day for you to surrender your life to God for the first time or maybe for another time. That relationship is between you and God. It's private. But I'm here to help you with the words to a prayer if that's you this morning. Simply say this after me. Quietly, you don't need to say it. I'm not going to call anybody up front. Just say it in your mind and just mean it in your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I invite you into my life, my hopes, and my future. I surrender it all to you now. I come just as I am. I choose to follow you, trust in you, believe you'll reveal to me my next step and every step from today forward and the best way I know how I'm going to live for you all my heart today I give you my life Father I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer those in the room those that are watching online through our online church the people who are watching after the fact and listen to the podcast. Lord, all the different ways they could be hearing my voice, I pray that your words are right there with them. That you're gently pulling them. And Lord, for those people whose moms are no longer here, that mom's not here for them to go and give a rose to today, but mom's up in heaven. For those women who would like to be moms but that hasn't happened yet or they've been told it can't happen God I pray for all of them and all of the sum total of the situations that could come and surround Mother's Day that would make it not to be a happy time and Father I ask you to intercede to stop that depression stop those situations that would be negative and cause your joy and the happiness. Father, I ask you to do all these things in Jesus' name.